As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. The world is constantly changing and transforming. Cut through some of the noise with What's New with Wired, a podcast that goes in-depth on the latest news and technology and culture. Their award-winning journalism will help you make sense of what's happening in the world. Listen to What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. That's What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. So somewhere between writing the video on MIT predicting the end of the world and researching how China forced themselves into a debt trap with their own high-speed rail lines, a question occurred to me. Are economists too pessimistic? You almost always hear about how some economist or economic forum is predicting a crisis or forecasting how our way of life is in jeopardy, but despite these almost constant warnings, we have just lived through the most prosperous decade in human history, even if we did have a few hurdles towards the finish line there. Looking into the future is always hard, and even the most brilliant people in the world often get their predictions hilariously and spectacularly wrong. Economists are, of course, no different. So perhaps the question then becomes, should we pay any attention at all to warnings from economists? This is not just a question of being right for being right's sake, it's not even a question of living in perpetual fear or blissful ignorance. If you were to legitimately consider all of the serious warnings made by even just the most reputable economists in the world over the last few decades, you would likely be much worse off than a peer who did not. At this point, you would have to consider if the entire academic discipline of economics is akin to a group of crazy people perpetually predicting the end of the world only for the prediction to not come true and deciding to move the date back a bit. But that's not necessarily true. And in fact, understanding this apparent doom and gloom attitude can actually teach us a lot about the role of economists in our modern world. So, why are economists always predicting bad things will happen? How often do they actually get these predictions right? And finally, what does this pessimism teach us about the role of a professional economist? Now, the first thing to realise about economics is that it is a social science. People are notoriously hard to study because humans are kinda weird. As much as economists like to say that people always act in a rational and well-informed manner, it's simply not true. We make bad decisions, give in to illogical temptations, and of course, we simply just make mistakes. Trust me, I know. Which is why I have an exciting announcement. It's getting towards the end of 2021, which means it's time for the Economics Explained annual video covering all of the mistakes that I made this year. In previous years, me and my team used to just write down these errors and release them in the first video of the new year. The point of this video was to set the record straight about things that we get wrong, but also to show that we too are only human and you should never formulate your opinion about a subject based off just one outlet, because no matter how hard they try, they will inevitably make mistakes. However, this year we want to do something a little bit different. You see, we noticed however hard we tried to search for mistakes, we could never hope to be as good as a million or so viewers who have on occasion pointed out some pretty embarrassing mistakes mere seconds after we uploaded a video. Others have written out incredibly detailed comments arguing against certain points or proposing alternative views. Economics is a social science, and just like all sciences, it only works with rigorous peer review. 
Now, of course, that normally means academics having all of their work reviewed by their academic peers, but in our case, that means having our work reviewed by pretty much everyone who watches it. So, for the Economics Explained Mistakes of 2021, I am turning to you all. I want you all to go out and find all of the mistakes that I have made in every video ever on this channel, from Norway to whatever video we publish at the end of December. These mistakes can be anything from a simple spelling error all the way to fundamentally flawed reasoning in the arguments presented. To enter, just download the spreadsheet in the video description below and start filling up with all of the mistakes that you can find. Once done, all you need to do is send in your spreadsheet, which you can easily do by uploading it to our Typeform page, which is also linked in the video description below. Now, don't think we're going to get you to do all of this just to further the scientific process. Come on, this is still economics explained here. So, whoever finds the most genuine errors will win a week's holiday to Australia, where I will also personally take you out for a day sailing around Sydney Harbour. So, if you feel like coming to the land down under, check out the video description and get hunting for those mistakes. This will not be won by someone who just gets lucky. We are not pulling a name out of a hat here. This will be won by whoever does the most work to genuinely make improvements on videos like this one. Now, with that upbeat announcement out of the way, it's time to get pessimistic again. When it comes to economists being the bearer of bad news, it's first really important to point out that it's not always our fault. People just tend to pay a lot more attention to things that sound scary. Paul Krugman, who is probably the most famous and influential economist alive today, has spent the better part of five decades talking about trade theory and how to efficiently build out supply chains. But that doesn't really get that much attention outside of circles that already have a deep understanding of economics. But if Paul Krugman makes a warning about cryptocurrency bubbles, unemployment in India, or the debt crisis in China, well then suddenly it's front page news. The vast majority of people do not get their economic insights from academic reports or journal articles. They get it from news outlets. And bad news just sells better than good news. And look, just because you watch a channel dedicated to economics, don't think you're above this inherent bias towards being more interested in alarming stories than positive ones. A lot of my recent videos have been doing extremely well, in part because we have been reporting on a lot of very serious issues going on in the world right now. Blackouts and debt problems in China, the fallout of Brexit in the UK, trade tensions in Australia, and then in between them all, an upbeat story about this year's Nobel Prize winners which got one-fifth the average views of these other videos. Now, I know the almighty YouTube algorithm and other hidden variables could have something to do with this, and I know one data point does not necessarily make a trend, but this is still a pretty clear example of people loving themselves some bad news. This causes a bit of a vicious feedback loop because speaking from personal experience, I know that I have favoured researching bad news topics because they get more views. More views means more financial security for me and my team. Whether they admit it or not, the same thought definitely goes through the minds of traditional reporters and journalists as well. Major investors are another group that often pushes negative rhetoric and they are often conflated with economists because I actually don't know why. We both wear suits and talk about money, I guess. Hedge fund managers and the like will often have a vested interest in talking down about a certain stock, industry, country, or even entire economy. Bill Ackman, Michael Burry, even Warren Buffett are the classic examples you see all the time. No doubt these are incredibly smart gentlemen, and they have all famously been on the right side of a negative prediction. But when they are on the news talking about the next industry that is going to go bust, they normally have a direct financial interest in doing so. It doesn't mean that you should totally ignore their warnings, it just means that you should consider why they are raising them. Anyways, these guys aren't actually economists and they may not even be the worst offenders. 
career academic economists have come under a lot of scrutiny recently for pushing research that will be broadly appealing and have a higher chance of getting published in prestigious journals or getting them broader recognition from the public. This can be especially bad when results are stretched to fit a narrative that might only be true under a very specific set of circumstances or may not even be true at all. The research publication problem deserves a video all of its own, but for now let's look at a more legitimate reason that economists are perpetual pessimists. It's their job. Most economists don't work in academia or the media. Most work at major companies, government bodies or other large organisations. Their job will primarily be studying how people react to new projects pushed forward by these entities. If a bank rolls out a new buy now pay later product, they will assign a team of economists to predict how this product will reduce their credit card revenues, increase their debt write-offs and such, and balance these negatives with how many new customers a product offering like this would bring in. The economists will use their understanding of economic principles and normally big data sets to create reports for whoever is in charge of greenlighting or overseeing the project in question. If a team of economists raises no warnings about potential adverse impacts of some project, and the project is a huge success, then the credit is going to go to whoever was working on that project, not the economists. If a team of economists raises no warnings about potential adverse impacts of some project, and the project is a huge failure, then the blame is going to go to the economists. It's a no-win type of role, unfortunately, and the people that tend to do well in it are a little bit more pessimistic than most. And hey, that's not a bad thing. A company filled with nothing but enthusiastic managers with big ideas and complicit yes-men is bound for failure. Sometimes you need that brake pedal. But here's where things get interesting. Most warning signs in the world have never saved anyone's life, but that doesn't mean that they don't have value. Just the same, most warnings given by economists don't come true, but that doesn't mean that they don't have value. If an economist gives a warning, then the recipient of that warning can potentially tweak their plans to minimise the harm or eliminate the danger altogether. I know it's anecdotal, but here is an example. Back when I was at university, I did a semester of job experience working for a local council. The council was trying to increase their revenue and reduce congestion by rolling out paid parking meters in their metro downtown area. My job was to work out the impacts that this would have on revenue, how much it would reduce traffic, and what unforeseen side effects this rollout might have on the area. One of the big issues we raised was that businesses in the area, especially food services businesses, relied on people pulling up in their cars, collecting food, and then driving away again. If paid parking was implemented, these people might decide to just go through the drive through at Macca's instead. Not a great outcome for a city council trying to liven up their downtown area. Our warning was actually acknowledged and the first half hour of parking was made free. Parking up to three hours was very affordable because it meant people could shop or enjoy a restaurant meal, but parking for more than three hours was very expensive to disincentivize people from just parking their cars there for the day before catching a train off to work or something. In this instance, we made a warning about new paid parking hurting small business, but the final implemented system actually made parks more readily available for restaurant patrons, which in turn boosted local business activity. On the surface, our warning looked to be a false alarm. In reality, it was potentially instrumental in saving a couple dozen small businesses. If none of the doom and gloom predictions made by economists come true, they are probably doing their job well. If you were to fully act on every warning made by every economist ever, you would never invest money anywhere. You wouldn't buy a house, you wouldn't start a career, and you would have missed out on one of the longest bull runs in history. If you instead listen to the warnings made by economists and take proactive steps to make sure that you're covered in the event that they come true, 
and you'll probably do very well for yourself. Now remember, if you have spotted any mistakes in this video, feel free to write a comment about it below, but also make sure to start entering it into the spreadsheet template listed in the video description. If you want a cheeky pro tip, go back to watch the videos that we made highlighting the mistakes that we made in 2019 and 2020. You are welcome to use them, so that should give you a head start of a few dozen mistakes or so. A quick reminder is that this competition applies to all videos that this channel has ever made, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of slip-ups out there. Happy hunting. Thanks for watching, mate. Bye.